Hey, welcome to another podcast. I am Jason Manchester, and today we're going to be going over a little bit of tech talk today. Uh, not to be confused with TikTok, which is an app that uh, I'm still not sure if I need to use or not, but uh, we're going to be going over, maybe doing a little bit of deep diving into some cameras finally, uh, some cameras, some lenses, uh, and there's no telling where we'll be after that, maybe into some equipment. I don't know. I don't know how much time we're going to have for that, but here to help me talk about it, all the way from California, needs no introduction, uh, Paul Amundsen. How are you doing, man? What's up? I'm much hanging in there with all the stuff that's going on, having to sit at home and try to find stuff to do, you know, getting that itch. I, to, I tried uh, really hard. Not, I tried really hard not to giggle when you're talking about TikTok. Uh, uh, I thought like the next thing you're going to say is like, TikTok. The app for children and and people who are extremely bored. Exactly. Yeah, I can't figure out if I need to use that or not. You know, I I watch a lot of Gary Vee, and he he swears by that. But he seems to have the... he seems to have the inside track on a lot of that stuff, but I still can't figure out if I need to use that. I don't know. I got too much stuff going on with other social media platforms, you know? Instagram keeps me busy. There are so many different platforms now to try and rise above the white noise on any one of them is a massive undertaking and so much like bandwidth and an investment of time. I mean, I guess that's why like people get paid (laughs) if they're, they're very popular and they're, they're very good at it. They can make money off of it. But that in and of itself is more than a full-time job. So much work. It is. And you know, the people that jumped on it right away, they had millions of people following them. I don't know where the, where they came from, but um, I, I've I've actually, I'm on there, but I don't do anything. I can't, I don't, I'm not going to dance, and it seems like that's all that people do <laughs> is dance. I mean. Yeah, just, just lurking for now, just like trying to identify trends and like be, be entertained, be a consumer, no, actually. No. That's the biggest piece I think that we forget. Well. Um working working in kind of creative roles is you can't forget to be a consumer of mediums and to to try and look at look at what excites you first before like going total like critical and breaking it down and going this is good or this is not good like can you enjoy something i think should be your first reaction well i mean facebook was uh, not to get on the social media stuff but you know facebook was like a it was like a pickup place i think you know, when it started and then, um, you know, Instagram was like a place to put your portfolio, you know, Mm -hmm. and now I don't, you know, all that stuff's changed. You know, Facebook's more political. I pretty much, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot anymore, but I do use Instagram. Um, I use a lot. I think it's, that's a pretty good platform to use for, for what I do anyway. I, um, I like Instagram, honestly. And only recently in like the last, we'll say two years, have I become like a believer in Instagram? And I know Facebook bought them and that's beside the point, but yeah. like I've been Facebook pretty much like forever. I, I think it was maybe college or just after college I got on Facebook. And for me, I've always viewed it as a platform to remain connected with people. I mean, I want to say the core demo of Facebook skews older nowadays. So for me, that's it's an easy way to keep in touch with extended family, to give updates about, hey, this is what's going on with kids, et cetera. But then Instagram is a lot more visually appealing to me. And my wife was like, why are you not on Instagram? So I got on Instagram. And yeah, I can't I, believe I that. Enjoy I that mean, better. when I saw it, I was like, man, I, I figured you'd have like a lot of followers and really be you know deep into it. And then 
<clears throat> I was surprised that you didn't have, you know, a whole lot of content well, I don't, there. No, I really don't. Like, and maybe that's, uh, that's for sure my fault. Like I don't, I should treat Instagram differently. And I guess I haven't, I just haven't done a lot of posting kind of like Instagram for me is maybe TikTok for you. <laughs> like, do I, like how, how deep down the rabbit hole of trying to promote quote my own brand and what I do, should I go? And that may be, you know, a huge area of opportunity for me and something I should be a lot more mindful, but I'm not like, I really don't care if I ever make money off of something like that. Like right. that, that's not my, not my concern at the time, but I think definitely when you're looking at someone's portfolio, like I'm, I'm interviewing for a position now and yeah, like we do pay attention to that stuff and maybe I will go check out uh, their Instagram page and that will often be as true an indicator of their talent as like a reel that they put together or their own like personal website. It's interesting to see what's their marketing sense. Mm -hmm. How are they marketing themselves out to the world? Because it all plays into their abilities and are they qualified for the role? Well, yeah, I mean, that's your, I mean, that's basically your portfolio now. I mean, it can be, I mean, you can, there's so many ways to do it, but you know, what's, what's easier than just to put it on there and then say, Hey, look, this is my Instagram. Go check it out. You know, I have exactly. videos everywhere, photography, every whatever, you know, you're interviewing the guy for, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, that's what I use and I stick to it and I'm, I'm heavy into that. But other than, you know, Instagram, I kind of stay clear of everything else. Um, check into Facebook every now and then, but you won't see a whole lot of posts. It's too political for me. I try, I, yeah, I it, steer clear. It really that. is. And that's, that's a pain in the ass, honestly. It is. I, I'm, I'm a live and let live kind of mm -hmm. very middle of the road political person. I, I really don't. I mean, we, we've all been forced to talk about it in the last handful of years and it's now more top of mind for people. So I think that's a good thing, but like I don't push my views on people or I don't use it as a, a soapbox and just yell into the abyss of the internet. You know, it, it doesn't do anything for you. Nobody, no, when I, it comes really to politics, nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Everybody has their own views and that's kind of how it's I a fighting it. ground. Like it's, it's the internet cage match. And if you want to start a fight, that's a quick way to it's do too that. Much, too much, too much, something provocative, too much hate totally. going around, man. I just can't, I that's why that I tell shit. my wife, I'm like, <laughs> just don't, she posted something the other day that was funny. And, and about about the president, I'm not. He she recorded something on TV, and it was it was funny. But then people started posting something, so I interjected. And I never talk about politics, but when somebody commented yeah, yeah. on it, I was like, "Hold on now, you know." So I jumped in well, we, once, but it was like, you know, come on, man, it's just I don't know. We can't take things at face value. Like yeah. if something's funny, let it be funny, or if something like I misspeak all the time, and honestly, my wife thinks that's the funniest thing ever. And now I've grown to appreciate my own flaws, but I don't care who you are, man. If you do something dumb, like, can we just laugh at it and move on and like be done with it? Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, the stakes are higher. I get all of that. So yeah. well, anyway, tech yeah. stuff. Tech, man. It's all about the tech talk today. Remember? Not TikTok, but right. tech right. talk. Tech talk, not TikTok. Yeah. Feel your, free, feel free to use that if you want to at some point. So I'm going to borrow that. Definitely. Um, yeah, so it seems like we uh, we kind of went at the same time and bought the same camera, the EOS R. Um, yeah, man. So I'm I'm testing that right now. I I'm hoping. I know you're going to ask the question, so let me 
let me preface this okay. and I'll, I'll save, I'll save myself some embarrassment and some heartache. I love the idea of, of asking people about their everyday carry. Yes, and that was answer, one of my first questions, man. Yeah. You're right. You, I don't know. You must be so, into my computer. Let's or something go down like this road of embarrassment. And the road of embarrassment for me is my everyday carry is an iPhone X first yeah. generation. Yeah. I figured that's like what that, it would be. That's what I have on me all the time. And I mean, that's, what and you know what? There's nothing with wrong with that. I, yeah. No, there's definitely not. And honestly, there are some really good apps out there that unlock further um, control of all these things and more manual modes. And that's all great. And there are people out there who make a living off of shooting stuff on iPhones. Like, it's pretty wild what you can do with it with pretty minimal finesse and, and post-processing. So I got my phone. However, I will say I have access to a ton of amazing stuff uh, yeah. uh, through work. So right now I'm testing for our group, the EOS R and it's like, I, I don't know how to say this without gloating, I guess, but it's like, if I, if I need to do some testing over the weekend with one of our red cameras, I can uh, do that. If I want to pull the one DX out of storage, like I just don't want to sound like uh, um, an asshole. And I don't know to what level, like, uh, to what level are you okay with cursing on your podcast? <laughs> oh, no. Well, free, believe me, it says question. explicit on all mine, so you're, okay. you're free to go. I've, I'll all, right, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm testing the EOS R, and so that's something where I am actually thinking of personally purchasing it. So all of these tests and, and what I'm exposed to at work is helping me to decide. So it's kind of like going to the camera store and just getting to hang out there for like a week and just use stuff and take it with you and – uh, you know, do some deeper testing to determine what you like, right? So if we go back in time, I would have never considered myself a photographer. I would have never considered myself like a DP or, or you know, a cinematographer. I've always been on the, like, people end of the creative process, writing, producing, directing, those type of things. And then I love editing and post. So the the tech world, I love it because I'm entering it, you know, kind of like a child would. I have an amaze and and just absolute appreciation for all these amazing technologies, and I'm just trying to soak up as much information as I possibly can. So as you can imagine, I'm playing with everything, trying to get a feel for what am I comfortable with, what feels right, what workflows and, and processes feel right for me. And then, yeah, I do plan to probably drop a fair amount of coin on something that I know is going to stand up the test of time, something that I know if I'm going to invest, you know, a handful of thousand dollars into whatever platform, I want to make sure it's versatile. I want to make sure that, you know, it's pretty easy to transport and I, I want to make sure I'm comfortable with it. So for me right now, like, I can't sing the praises of the EOS R enough and i've got access to some pretty good glass i've got access to um pretty much most of the canon l lens line we have some uh some sigma art lenses and then for some of our more cinematic stuff we've got um, a set of the sigma um cine lenses so we've got three primes and the two zooms and those uh are phenomenal <laughs> they're just gorgeous but i've been a huge fan Ever since, you know, shooting student films now, God, 14, 15, 16 years ago of just Canon Glass. I think they've got great color science. I think their hardware stands up. I mean, that's why you see 
the stuff really doesn't depreciate. They make really quality stuff, and I'm not knocking anything else. That's just most of my experience has been with those platforms, with you know that hardware. Well, okay, end the podcast. Thanks. It was nice talking to you. Um, it's a lot of information right there. Uh, yeah, no, that's um, <laughs> no, that's no. Sorry. Look, you I have tend you, to ramble, man. I'm no, so no, 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 no. You have a right to to to. I mean, hell, if I had access to all that stuff, I would. I wouldn't. I would want to brag a little bit too. I mean, that's that's what you have access to is is pretty amazing. I mean, not just a studio, but I mean, red cameras. You know, um, Canon cinema cameras. Pretty much anything you need. Anything you need to put your hand on to produce something, and you don't need anything super expensive to produce something good but Absolutely. with yeah. what you have i mean you know it's it's like i mean it, it is it's like a dream come true for anybody that's into photography or cinematography and uh you know taking something like this i, I look at my my camera lineup and although small there's a lot of people that would probably like to have at least one of the cameras that i have and you know i mean i started back started a long time ago with cameras, but when I really stepped back into it, I got, um, I just started out like, I think it was a T3i at the time was when I got back into the game. And then I kept it for like six months or eight months. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go spend some money. And I went and got the 5D Mark II and I made the leap. And then obviously I moved up to the Mark IV. And, you know, after everything Canon has got going on, nobody knew if they were coming out with the Mark V. That was kind of the big question. Everybody thought they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the 1DX Mark III, which is an, un, you know, it's just expensive beyond all recognition. And then... The beast, though. It is, I know. And I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can justify buying it. But... Sell one of your kids. Well, yeah, I know exactly. But but look at this. We've, we've got a 1D Mark II in the studio, and that thing, like, it's for for a novice or a reasonable novice like myself, like, that's an intimidating piece of hardware to it just is. grab and go, yeah, I, I you know. The, but, but you look at the Mark III, and then you look at the specs on the, the EOS R5, isn't that it? I think that's what it is coming out. Yeah, dude. Don't get me started on the R5. Like, well, the, I think this EOS R is going to lead me down a dark path where I end up spending a lot more money on the R5. Yeah, but you won't. That, but that look at what one. look at the specs on that, and then the specs on the on the Windy X Mark III. Why would you spend sixty five hundred dollars? I know it's a pro level camera. I get that, but sure. and it's more photography. Really, it does shoot some good video. Now they've incorporated some stuff that people had asked for, but it's. It's it's still first is what it is, and the mm-hmm. video second. But the R five man, I keep looking at that and I'm like, God, I don't know. It's pretty impressive. I mean, if it shoots, I don't know what it's going to shoot at eight K. I, I think it's going to have a crop, some kind of crop. But um, if it shoots, that's four, what everybody's wondering right yeah. now. So, like, I've been I've been perusing Canon rumors ever since you know the news kind of came out and everyone's like, what? Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure about like the crop factor, but you're talking a camera that would do 8K 30, 4K 120. That's the yeah, game changer. That's what everybody's asking for right there. You don't need 8K, you know. No, dude. We so we have two we have two heliums, two red heliums, and Here we've we got go, two yeah. dragon, and we've got two dragon X's. And now with the new firmware uh, update, you've got a 6K Super 35 camera for less than 15 grand. Like a full cinema camera, it's amazing. 
we're using the Dragon X way more often than we're using the Heliums because that's the thing about Reds too is like we if you're pulling out the helium and you're shooting something and you're like, damn, I don't want to blow so much data on, you know, this handful of shots I need to get or, or whether it's product photography or, or, or like you know, shooting stuff for social media. I, I don't need a whole lot of footage, but I want it to be really, really good. When you stop down your resolution on a red, you're cropping the sensor, which is a bummer because I wish it was more of like a, a down conversion than just a straight crop. So everyone's wondering that about the R5 as well. Um, but here's not to get too far off topic here. My only beef with the Canon lineup, because it checks almost all the boxes for me, like, and I would be very happy with just the EOS R. Definitely. It would cover pretty much everything I ever wanted to do from just, you know, personal projects through, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, photography, depending on the glass you put on there, like you're going to get amazing images. It just Mm -hmm. is awesome right out of the box. The problem I have with shooting video on Canon DSLRs or the mirrorless is the codec gives you such fat files. So I was shooting some stuff with the EOS R, just stuff for social media, you know, different, uh, like I shot some stuff horizontal, shot it vertical, and I'm shooting everything in, I think I was shooting in 4K, I was at least shooting in, in 1080 if not 4K, and I'm, I'm getting like a, a gig and a half file for you know less than a minute of footage and that's something to think about because if you're an amateur if you're just learning like data is a big deal because you've spent all this money on a platform and lenses come to find out you're going to spend three times as much in good glasses you are whatever the the body is right i mean that's where your money makes the most difference but the ability to store and back up and archive all the data that comes with shooting at those resolutions. That's one of the reasons why we picked red in the first place, because they've got a fantastic R3D codec and you can, you can go down from one end of the spectrum to the other with compression and still have a really beautiful image. Now you're paying for it because you've just bought, you know, an entry level red 15 grand on the new, uh, the newer DSMC two lineup. So I'm excited for, the Komodo to come out too, because that's now going to be in the running with kind of these next generation, ultra high resolution, consumer friendly, you know, with the price point cameras that are coming out. So is it the Canon R5? Is it the red Komodo? Um, and then, uh, you know, other manufacturers are, are throwing stuff out there. Black Magic is uh, a company that shouldn't be look down upon i mean you can get a 6k camera for 24 you know 2500 bucks right but but does somebody really need but does somebody i know look i know shooting 6k and 8k it future proofs your 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 video it sounds cool but do you do you really need it right i mean most people i mean in all honesty most people are putting stuff on on instagram and youtube you know so and first of all nobody has 6k tvs that i'm aware of um a lot of people don't even have 4K TVs, and there's nobody that's there. really broadcasting in 4K. It looks good, and there's still a lot of people that, you know, when they shoot on YouTube, they'll shoot 4K, and they'll down-res it to 1080. And you know? that looks good, and that's better. I mean, I get it for that, definitely. If you're shooting something 4K, and you're down-converting that to 1080, like yeah. you're going to have a slightly uh, better-looking final product than just running straight 1080 through the pipe. But does, does sure. a normal, can a normal person spot that, though? 
Exactly. You know, so, probably not. Honestly, I'd uh, be willing to put money on that. I don't probably think so. Not. I mean, your iPhone shoots uh, 4K, and I think it yeah. shoots it at. I think you can shoot it at 120. I think. I've used it. I've used. Yeah, it. I've can. shot. I've shot stuff on the. On, I've mixed it in with some of the stuff I've shot. Yeah. And nobody can tell the difference. I can't tell the and difference. And even half then, the time. some some of these influencers on on Instagram and YouTube to get higher frame rate stuff, they're they're up converting. 240 uh, frame per second, 720. They're up to 1080, and people aren't catching it. They aren't no. calling them out. Like it's amazing what you can do if you if you have the patience to finesse this stuff and you shoot clean video. Like it's gonna pass on social media. It's gonna pass most of most of the time. It's not almost all the time on YouTube. Like, and if that's the platform, we're not shooting for you know broadcast television. No, and that's another thing is. You know, <clears throat> I was just talking about this the other day with someone. I don't know who it was, but uh, it, it, with the cameras, it's almost it's to the point now. And I do it myself, but it's like they come out with all these cameras that do such a phenomenal job. I don't know much about the Sony's and stuff, but I can speak to the to the Canons, and I and I know it goes on with the Sony's because you see people arguing about it. But they they come out so they come out with the EOS R. Now that the we won't talk about the R5 because it's going to be head and shoulders above all the other stuff. But if you look at the the Canon lineup, so you look at the the Mark III, the Mark IV, um, the One DX Mark II, the the, and then you go with the EOS R. The difference between just say the Mark IV and the EOS R, it's it's really there's not a lot of difference. You're starting to split hairs when you look at specs and this really comes down to, you know, what do you really need? Are you just wanting it because it sounds good? Or are you actually going to use that spec that you're like, you're looking for? Because if you look, you know, everybody is like the king of slow motion is 120. It's got to be shot in 120 and it doesn't have to be. Now it does look good, but who in the hell can tell the difference? If you slow something down, if you do it right and you slow 60 frames per second down, you know, to slow-mo and you're shooting at 1080 and then you do the same thing with something shot in 120, hardly anybody's going to see any difference once you slow it down. It's usually not in slow motion for a very long time anyway, but nobody's going to be able to tell the difference. So I think we're splitting hairs whenever we start talking about the specs between all these cameras. What do you want? You know, to me, it comes down to there are some things I want, but it also comes down to price, you know, and then I just work with it. You know, obviously I can't afford a red. That is my goal, but... Um, you know, it's, it's really about, you know, what exactly are you going to use? Um, do you have to have 120? Is that going to make you spend, you know, $1,500 more for a camera? Or would you rather shoot in, you know, 60 frames a second, save that a thousand dollars, 1500 bucks, whatever the difference would be and spend it on glass, you know, cause there's, I tell you, I haven't used it. I think you said you used it. Y'all have y'all have an RF lineup, don't you? So no, we haven't invested in RF glass yet. But everything that I'm seeing is phenomenal. The uh, the primes look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. We've I mean we've basically built our we've built our equipment based off of the uh, the EF mount. So everything that we have it. You know, from our Black Magics, we have some Black Magic Pocket Cinema 4Ks. Uh, we, you know, have Metabones adapters to go to EF because they're a Micro Four Third camera. But we've based everything off of an EF mount. So 
all of our glass that we're investing in, we can use on our different platforms. So I can use that same, you know, buttery, nice, um, you know, the Sigma Cine lenses on anything else that we have from our 1DX or the EOS R or the Black Magics or like we, we still we still run and gun with our C300. That thing shoots 1080 and it's been a workhorse. And yeah. I, anybody who has shot for a long time, like they'll have all their new toys and the, the different cameras that they're learning. And it became a meme where in, in every studio there's a big shadow box and it says in case of emergency break glass and there's a C300 inside that case just nice. because they're bulletproof, man. They just work. They look great. They're easy to use. And they just they just do it. So yeah. we were at a fork in the road. Do we go? This is this is uh, over a year ago now. But our fork in the road was: Do we consider the 4K um, C300 Mark II, or do we go? This is like when we were trying to figure out, you know, what platforms are we going to go with, and what are the use cases. So to answer your question earlier, when it comes to where you're going to spend your money, if it's on frame rate or if it's on glass, like begin at the beginning and begin with the fundamentals of what's going to suit you across multiple uses, right? So as we built as we built our studio out, the idea was versatility at with everything. Everything has to play multiple parts. Everything has to be flexible and tweakable and that mindset guided all of our choices yeah so if the question is glass versus frame rate you should go glass every time in my opinion because no matter what you're shooting stills or video you invest in good glass you're investing in a good image yeah. no matter how many frames you're capturing it at so it really depends on executing on the fundamentals of your craft and then determining all right what are the need to have good glass is a need to have and then what are the nice to have? All right, a super high frame rate would be super dope, but are you going to shoot that all the time or do you need mm. something that can handle, you know, 60? Or if you, you want to shoot some sports or if you, yeah, if you're editing in a, a 24 frame timeline, you can uh, slow down that 60 frame shot a little bit more and make it a little bit more buttery. And like, there's all kinds of tips and tricks. We could spend probably three podcasts on like editing tips and tricks mm, and ways just, to make yeah, things look good, you know? Well, I mean, glass is always... It's a must. I mean, look, I've shot, uh, I haven't shot with crappy glass before, but I guess if I had to pick one in, in, I have all L series lenses and I have one Tamron and I guess, I mean, I can't even call it a shitty lens because it's, but I use that a lot for photography. It's a phenomenal lens and it costs like four ninety nine. you know? Yeah, dude. It's, We've uh, got some kit lenses too. Yeah. I mean, if you're, when you're buying stuff and it's, like if you're on B&H or Adorama or wherever you yeah. like to shop for, for camera stuff, and if there is like a kit where it gives you free stuff or just the body, are you not going to click like, yeah, give me the extra stuff? Sometimes you may pay an extra hundred bucks, but you're you're getting something for that if you're just experimenting. Or I mean, people people will, and maybe sacrilege, but people break things very mm -hmm. strategically or they do very, very creative things. And, you know, maybe that's your experimentation lens. And it's just this, you know, cheapy kit lens that came with whatever you bought for just about the same amount of money. And you're like, oh, bonus. All right, I could figure out something to do with this. I can experiment with lens coatings and just get weird. And just, it's all creative expression, man. There's no, there are no rules, which is no, why it's so cool. And yeah, and there's a lot to learn when it comes to 
photography and videography. I mean, so, you know, for somebody starting out, definitely the first thing you want to do is go cheap and then learn your stuff, you know, get in, get in and honing your craft. And then, you know, then you can invest in it because, you know, it wasn't long ago, <clears throat> I say maybe a month or two ago, I had a guy, well, actually it was before Christmas when the guy called me and asked me, he was texting me about actually not calling me. He texted me, what, what should I get? Uh, what kind of camera should I buy? He was getting it for a significant other. And I was like, well, I don't know how much money you got to spend. Cause if I was going to tell you what to buy, you know, it's probably run you, you know, a few thousand dollars. He's like, well, I don't want to spend that much. So, I, I mean, look, you got so many cameras out there. Anyway, he, he got a camera and then he, you know, they go out and they start to try to shoot and then they have to edit and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, wait, this is actually a process. It's actually work. <laughs> so yeah. And about, about two months ago, um, I was actually shooting some stuff for this guy and, um, he goes, man, he goes, I did not realize what went into, you know, photography and editing. I was like, exactly. And you don't pay me enough. So, um, it, there, it don't you you don't you don't take a yeah. camera, push the button, and this you know piece of artwork just automatically pops out of it. It's not the way it works. You have to take that, put it into a program, and then you have to know how to edit it and edit it properly for colors and all that kind of stuff. You know, to your liking. It's it's all about your liking. But the the point is is you know if you're going to get into it, you really need to research and figure out what you want to do, and then. Um, you know, go in, go in cheap practice because you could still create some pretty cool stuff with, with cheaper equipment. You don't have to have top of the line stuff, you know? So, um, exactly. but I still want a red. So, oh, yeah. and I was I actually mean, looking at, it, right? I know we talked about the C 500 Mark two also, you know, it's cheaper, mm -hmm. but you know, you, you talk about having the C, what is it? You said the C 300. Yeah, the C three hundred Mark II is just the, the upgraded four K model, and that was like ten grand. So it's yeah. a hop, skip, and a jump. Like throw, a, you know, no, I'm not spending my money. I'm, uh, I am an advocate for the intelligent spending of money. So it's right. like we we have to justify the difference, and it was a no brainer for us to to say, hey, you know, we throw a few more grand at this thing. Now we're on the red platform. This is a completely uh -huh. modular platform. It's not going anywhere. We're shooting far beyond what we need. And yeah, like we're going to have this camera for more than 10 years. And I stand by that. I but still so do. You, so you get the red. I mean, you have a you have the brains of it, right? Yep. You have the brains. How much? Okay. So what is just that? So if you're going to pick that up, what does that cost? So the brain, if you're just picking up. Now, keep in mind, there, there is like, I, I didn't realize when we when we invested in the red platform that we would be joining a cult oh yeah because because that's exactly what it is like yeah. when i bought my traeger uh smoker like it dude it's a thing like right. people are all about it and there is a really aggressive and uh great like used community and market for red cameras people refuse to give up their older models they love them they they live and die by them so when we looked at this I mean, obviously, we're we're trying to go on a platform that we know we're we're going to have in house, and we know if if we're investing in multiple things, we don't want to buy a bunch of different used 
you know, Scarlet's and Epics and all these other things. Like we'll, we'll, we'll go with the new DSMC two line and we'll, we'll keep everything unified and then we'll be, you know, we've been incredibly happy with that. So you can get into that line, uh, for less than 15 K and that's for the dragon X. And now it's a six K super 35. I mean, this thing is, uh, ridiculous. If you want to talk frame rates, like you can, you can go a hundred frames at six K yeah. with, uh, the dragon X. It's a legendary sensor for them. And then like they, they've got four in that particular lineup. So you've got the, the dragon X six K you've got the Gemini five K that was developed with NASA. It's got like this, amazing uh dual sensor you got like phenomenal low light they use that out on the international space station uh then you got the the helium 8k super 35 and then you've got the monstro 8k and i know what you're saying like uh i won't name won't name the company but you'd think we would have invested in in monstros but we didn't because yeah. they're fifty four thousand dollars a piece for just uh-huh. the brain and yeah, I mean, it's not a cheap platform at all, but it's incredibly well made it's, and everything is Legos. So we have a side control handle. I can pop that off the Dragon and throw it on the Helium. We've got various, you know, control pieces. And if we're going to throw it on a Movi Pro, I can take, you know, the Jetpack Expander and the little sidekick off and throw it on this other camera. Like it's so Legos. It's really, really awesome. Incredibly expensive Legos, but Legos. Yeah, I mean, I mean good, that, the good thing yeah. about it is, it, 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 you know, you can get the EF mount. If you have a lens lineup, well, yeah. there goes part of your, your cost. But at the same time, you still, I mean, it's not, I think I think there would be people that are misled with what they need. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a red camera and I'm just going to hook my lens up to it and go. You know, and then you, you have to figure you need, if you want to, even the handle or the, the, um, the monitor. And then you got to buy... Um, drives for it, right? Correct. The, to memory cards. Yeah. So, well, they yeah they they had for quite some time proprietary. Um, they call them red mags, and they're not cheap. But now there are some third party. Um, God, I want to say Kippertime makes a, a two terabyte, which was like red doesn't make any. They make one twenties. I'm uh, sorry, no, they make yeah one twenties, two forties, four eighties, and nine sixty gig cards and, and somebody's going to fact check me and call BS on that, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but like Kipper time makes a, uh, like a long take and it's like a two terabyte and it, and people have had no issues with it. So the media is becoming more readily available and now they're going to be releasing the Komodo, which is their six K super, a lot more consumer friendly. We're talking about, I can't remember off the top of my head, like the price point, but I want to say it's in that like five K range. So if you're a, you're really? someone who is looking into like really um, serious, amazing red technology in something that costs as much as, you know, a gnarly one DX. Yeah. Like they're, they're trying to get into that market and we're seeing a lot of like these micro cameras, like the Z cam. And um, I mean, the EOS R5, you know, is going to be doing some ridiculous uh, resolution. So we're seeing it's like the, the resolution race and, uh, the the cost rates like where's the the balancing point because they're trying to make these ultra high resolutions a lot more consumer accessible for your your prosumer even just somebody with that wants to spend dad's money and go I want this really super cool thing for my skateboard videos or for my you know Instagram or whatever um, so we're seeing this really cool trend happening with resolution going up price being driven down which is super cool and the Komodo I think is going to do some ridiculous things i mean jared land is uh the man he 
uh, he's a founder definitely of Red, but he's he's the man. He's in charge of Red. He owns Red, uh, the brand, and the guy is brilliant. He's a he's a like Howard Hughes type eccentric genius, and he loves to post teasers. And he's got custom cameras for Michael Bay and like all these. You know, uh, Jason Momoa has one. Like so he just does a phenomenal job marketing his. Uh, marketing his brand but everyone is so pumped on the komodo because yeah yeah, we don't all have 15 grand to get into you know a dragon x and we all you know no not unless you're not unless you're i mean if you're making good money if you're if you're shooting you know on the regular if that's your job and you're shooting on the regular and you know then you could justify that but even for i mean it's still a lot of money I guess my thing is, is I'm, I want to, I'm trying to make that move to where I can, I can separate the two cameras. So like if I want to shoot video, I just, you know, I can pack my camera, which is what I like about the EOS R because it's so compact, but it can Mm -hmm. shoot the way I want to photography wise. I've shot some great Mm -hmm. photos with it, but I also want to be able to just say, you know what, I'm going to shoot some, I'm shooting whatever video this is all I need. This is what I want. I want something that's geared towards video because I want like like we've talked about several times. The Canon has enormous file sizes. It eats my external hard drives up, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take long. I mean, if you shoot, you know, I've shot, I've shot stuff for two or three days, and then you come back and you dump it in there. It's like, holy shit! I mean, it's just it's a ton of footage and it's a ton of, of space that it takes up and there and it's taxing as hell on premiere pro, you know, yeah. uh, or, or probably on anything, just your computer in general. It just, it's yeah, hard yeah. to hard to edit that stuff. And it gets frustrating as shit because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to render it out, which takes forever. And then you're trying to play it back and it's just, it's a, it's a nightmare. So it can be brutal. It can. So that's why I'm trying to make that move. Um, I, I I would just like to make a move to some kind of cinema camera, um, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be the C five hundred Mark II. I was just looking at it, and it's really an attractive price for what it does. I mean, in reality, you know, I know sixteen grand's a lot of money, but it's it's not for something for what it does. But I guess you could get, I guess you could do what you want to do if you if you step down to a C three hundred or something like that. Because obviously, if you guys have shot a lot of stuff with it. And oh man, that was our workhorse for three years. Yeah. We shot a ton of stuff with it, and just uh, you know, a couple. We had a couple of Canon L lenses. I think we had um, well, we we had like a, a fifty millimeter prime. We had like a twenty four to seventy, and then what a seventy to two hundred. I think that's. I mean, that covers pretty much seventy two hundred body, man. I, I got that. Oh so, yeah, I love that lens. Oh, it's beautiful, fantastic! Yeah. And then we we picked up a one hundred to four hundred. We we had to shoot. What did we cover? I think it was Formula Drift. We we shot a bunch of stuff, and we really needed something that could reach out a bit farther. So that one hundred to four hundred is no slouch for sure. We we like that one a lot too. I'm ready to come work for you, man. I mean, I want to, dude. I want to do I wanna it. Test some of that equipment. You know, Let's I just want to go it, look man. at it. I just want to go walk around in there and come and touch it and come just feel like it. pick it up, <laughs> you know, push a button here and there, you know, just look at it. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I mean, it's, uh, it's been a trip, man. We've been, we've been really lucky because the work that we've done, like, that's why like, earlier I was saying, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole. Like I have approached 
I've approached the good fortune that I've had in my career and the hard work with uh, a very humble mindset. And it's something you, you have to remind yourself because looking at all this stuff, man, it's a blast to have this opportunity. It was earned with a ridiculous amount of hard work. So I still feel guilty like enjoying it sometimes because I always feel like what's the next thing? What's the next major milestone for us? What's the next, you know, summit that we are climbing toward? And we, we hit a major one, you know, a year and a half ago when we built a new studio and we invested in the red platform and, you know, we then had access to all this, this great stuff. I mean, just different lighting kits and a huge space and amazing cameras now to work with. Like, it's been a wild journey and I never want to sound like I take it for granted, I guess. No, um, we are, even what I do, uh, obviously we work for the same company, but even what I do aside from my, you know, my day to day, I I wake up every day and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't believe I do what I do. I can't believe that I get paid to do what I do. Um, and I think we all should feel that way because we work for a fantastic company. Uh, Hell yeah. and, um, I, I've honestly never woke up a day since I've, I've been here 12 years and I've never woke up a day and hated my job at all or never wanted to go to work. And it's just like now I just, I can't wait to go back. You know, I'm, I'm ready to get back to doing what I was doing. It's a lot because it takes up a lot of my time doing all of it. But yeah, at yeah. the same time, I mean, you know, there's not too many companies that would allow you to do that type of stuff, you know, where you're, Seriously. I mean, it's practically two jobs, but obviously one of them's, you know, my passion, but, and I love it's to do more it, than but, two jobs, man. Don't tell yourself short. Well, it is. You, I mean, it's you do a ridiculous amount. It, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it's like I said, it's, if you love to do it, you never work. Right. That's what exactly. they say. I mean, and you know, my wife supports me a hundred percent and that helps a ton because when I, you know, I get done with that five day work week and I go, Hey, I'm uh, I got to leave on Friday or even Thursday. Sometimes Thursday night, Hey, I got to leave. I'll be back Sunday and then I'm off filming for three days, you know, and then I come back and then I have to edit and I have people texting me and emailing me. Hey, is that stuff done yet? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just got back like yesterday you know, let me, uh, give me a second, let me, and then I'll dump it all in there and I'll start editing it, you know, but it's a lot of work, but yeah, we are, we're very lucky to do what we do. And, um, you know, you got, a, you have a phenomenal job too. I mean, to, to play with the stuff that you get to play with is, and I, and I say play, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's like a playground. That's what it's like for people that create. I mean, what you have at your disposal is insane. You know, uh, people that create on the daily, um, day in, day out, people that make, people that make a ton of money on YouTube don't have the disposal or, um, the equipment that their disposal like you have, you know? So yeah, you're quite lucky. I mean, and yes, you, you do have a right to, uh, to boast a little bit about it. So, um, we are super lucky, but so you bring up a good point though. And this kind of, this kind of builds off of what we were talking about earlier for, for somebody who's just kind of looking into this stuff or, you know, somebody who has a passion for it, but they don't have, you know, the paycheck right now. Think about this. Like a lot, I've seen a lot of great content 
from not only other, you know, large companies, but some very successful YouTubers and people out there who are, uh, they got millions of followers. I watched a video the other day and this guy was reviewing, it probably was the EOS or R or he's talking about rumors about the R5, but like that's right. most of my search history lately. But he's reviewing, or a lot of it, I like to watch reviews, the back and forth between Canon and Sony, because it's just fun to hear two mm-hmm. camps argue at each other. Yep. I, you know, it, if I had come in and the first thing that we had shot with was Sony, I'd probably be a Sony guy. Like, I've got nothing against it. And in the mirrorless race, they have dominated for so long. And there are other departments at our company that are Sony-based. Like, they're working off of the, uh, what is it, the A7R4 and the a9 and some other things so like we're we're a house divided and everyone's just trying to make great shit but i digress so this guy is doing a review of a camera and it's on loan and he's got great contacts blah 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 and he's he's flipping around and he's showing us what he actually uses himself to produce his own content was like a canon 80d and i was like this is not an this is not a terribly expensive camera and that got me thinking, don't you think it's a lot more about your content than it is what exactly, like if you buy a red, you're not magically going to be an awesome Mm-mm. like no. filmmaker. No, you're it's out of your not mind. about the camera. It's all about the person behind the camera. So Exactly. I mean, look, the, the equipment makes, <clears throat> the if you have skills, the camera is going to make it better, I, I think. Um, but even if you have if you have skills you can take a a, a, a a you can take a $500 camera and make something look good if you have skills Absolutely. and you have a good and lens and that's the point and that's the point when you're starting out so like for me i may end up just buying a a more inexpensive camera because me personally as i'm learning and as i'm going on my own creative journey if i'm thinking just for me Am I going to be shooting all my home videos in 4K or 6K? Hell yeah! Why not? Hey, get over there, get over there, and run across and kick that ball. I'm about to film some shit in, in 6K, and then I'm going to burn That's my computer right. up trying to edit it. Yeah, and then I can I can reframe and I can punch in and like those yeah. things are amazing. Yeah, I guess maybe I can make my kids look more epic. That I've way. done I've That's, done that. I've shot I've shot stuff like that in 4K, and I put it on. Like, why did I do that? Why did I not just shoot it in 1080? There was no reason at all to shoot that in 4K to make that file size yeah. bigger. No reason whatsoever. Yeah. No, if you got 6K, <laughs> use it. You know, you paid for it, so you might exactly. as well use it at some point. But hey, so that brings me to why, my next question. Because you can. Yeah, you you brought up a point about um, what you want to shoot. You know, what you're <clears throat> kind of what you're trying to go towards. So, I mean, what is if you had if you had to say you had one goal that you set out for. Um, because you went to you went to film school, correct? I did. I, I went to a, a school that no longer exists, man. I graduated <laughs> from high school, and I got I got sought at like I say sought after. I wasn't like heavily recruited, but someone I went to high school with who was very creative, and we were in like broadcasting classes and drama and all that stuff. He ended up going to the school and then told them about me. They're you know looking for uh, recruiting, and then they reached out to me and. I had an application into USC for their undergrad program in film. And that would have been a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And you know, they had a really good pitch. Hey, you're going to get your bachelor's in three years. 
and you're going to get basically a, a secondhand USC education. You're going to be hands-on with a camera day one, and we're going to save you a year of tuition. What do you think? And I was like, yes, because I didn't want to be like, I thought about college. I didn't want your typical experience. I, I wanted to get right into what I was passionate about, right. and I ended up going there. So the, the school is Brooks Institute of Photography, which they – they were privately owned. They got sold a couple times, and then they they went under. So it's a bummer because they had an amazing, amazing facility. Um, but yeah, so I I got my degree in what 2006. I graduated with a with a BA in yeah. um, film and video production with a, an emphasis on I, I wanted to be a feature filmmaker. So that was like the track that I studied, not so much commercials or music videos, but features, right. storytelling, narrative. Well, yeah, that was my question is what, if you, if you set out with a goal, what would, what would that goal be? I mean, what, if you, if you had, what would you say if somebody said you have one thing that you can do right now, you have one, one thing, you pick it, you know, aside from, I mean, aside from family and all that stuff, I'm just talking about in this realm, they say you can have one thing, you could do it. Well, I mean, what would that be? Would it be to write something, film something? What's your What's your ultimate goal with what you do? Man, that's a great question. I appreciate a lot of different aspects of production. I I do enjoy writing very very much. I enjoy plumbing the depths of my yeah. mind for ideas and stories. I love working with people. My favorite thing ever in anything that I do, that's probably why I didn't lean so much into camera work was I love people. And that's, that's where, that's where I live. So I enjoyed uh, directing a fair amount, which sounds so cliche for like a film school kid, but I really enjoyed working with people and and just talking through scenes and emotions and, and all of that at the heart of, what I wanted to do, I knew that I wanted to do something creative and I still feel that way. And I, I'm lucky to do so, but my goal is not as like, it's not as specific as would you write the next Oscar winning screenplay? Yeah, that'd be great. Or like, would you direct a, a blockbuster film? Would love to do that too. I want to create something somehow have an involvement in the creation of something that mm-hmm. affects people that that reaches out and touches someone it's like and th- that sounds cheesy but no it doesn't because i mean that's kind of like i mean that's you know i'm in that same ballpark i mean i didn't go to I want to matter we all want to matter yeah. and, and share an experience and affect someone to feel a different way about something if you're having a shitty day and i created something i don't know what that is and you experienced it and you felt better or you felt different. Yeah. That's, that's magic, man. I know it's, 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 uh, I think people that don't actually create, they don't get it. They don't understand. Uh, you know, like when I, I've always been into, um, you know, the drama thing, the, uh, the acting, uh, I've always been fascinated with cameras, uh, using them, filming, trying to be in front of them, which, you know, uh, it's, I'd rather be, I'm, I'm better behind them than I am in front of them. But, um, it's, it's one of those things that I think it's, I think it's something that you're, it's ingrained in you is that you're born with it and you, 
sometimes it takes people a little bit longer to figure out that's what they, they love. But, you know, so I've been, you know, I've, I've always been into the drama. I've been into the cameras and now, you know, and I've, I've always been super interesting and good at writing. Uh, I've wrote a lot of stuff. Um, I've actually worked with somebody that helped me write, I've wrote a full length uh, film and it's actually, oh, yeah. it's actually in, you know, uh, pre-production right now, I've, you know, I have a director and, and some DPs and, and I have a lot of people involved in it right now. Um, I actually just finished, uh, I, I kind of, we did a rewrite. Uh, it's actually Joe Riggs was helping me with it. So we actually did a rewrite the other day and completely, you know, went through that whole process and, and I just sent it off and, you know, so it's, in, so it's, it's, the, it's like you said, it's the whole process. You know, I don't think I could come up with one thing that I want to do. I, I'd love to shoot. You know, I don't want to be a DP. I don't. Want, I don't want to sit behind a camera all day long. But I would like to be involved in it somehow, um, mm-hmm. in different ways. I know it doesn't always work that way, but because you have specific people that do specific jobs, and it's always a ton of them out there. But somehow, I'd like to be involved in uh, being. You know, having something shot if it's mine. Uh, if it's somebody else's, it's fine, but I would love to have something that I've wrote, shot, and filmed, and completed, and then actually seeing it, you know, um, on the screen, you know, whether it's just, you know, on your TV or, or whatever. I think that'd be pretty cool. So, I mean, that's a big goal. Oh, yeah. That's a lofty goal, but it can be done, you know. Um, so Anything can be done if you're tenacious enough. That's the best bit of advice I ever got. I've got an uncle who's in the industry. He's a he's an editor and he's done tons of tons of stuff. Um, and that was the advice he gave me when I was like a freshman in high school and I was getting interested in more creative arts and getting interested in drama. And I, I'm so big of a nerd. I started the film club at my high school (laughs) and, uh, and it was a blast. And, I go, dude, uh, how do you make it? Right? He's working on big Hollywood blockbuster movies and uh, just phenomenal stuff. And I go, like, how do you, how do I do what you do? How do I make it? And that's the million dollar question for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. And his one piece of advice was be tenacious. Yeah. And if you are unrelenting and tenacious, that sheer fucking will. Mm-hmm. will take you a lot farther than someone very talented and soft-spoken. Yeah, you have to want it. You have to actually, you have to go after it. And, Definitely. you know, I have, I've pursued, I've pursued this probably um, the whole, the filming, the photography, the writing. Um, you know, it's one of those things that was in my mind and it was just like, ah, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. If I was supposed to do it, I'd be doing it. You know, it was one of those thoughts, like, and I think that's what a lot of people get. Um, I think it's a, a lot of their problem um, when they think about stuff like it's like, well, I'm this is where I'm from. I'm supposed to do X, I'm supposed to work in a factory or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think that um, I kind of fell in that that bucket to where it was like, you know, if I was gonna if I was gonna do that, I have to move. You know, it's that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. But then I hit a time in my life to where, you know, I got back into, I picked up a camera. Like I said, it was like a T3I, I think. I got back into it, and I met um, I met a guy. Uh, he actually worked for the company. It was a short, brief moment, but uh, he was into doing films and stuff like that. 
Um, he was terrible at finishing, but um, <laughs> if he if he listens to this, he'll he'll understand. He'll uh, I think he'll understand what I'm talking about. But anyway, so you know, I just I started after that when I bought that camera. I was like, you know what? I'm going to focus on photography. I love it, and I love filming. I want to film some shit, and I want to learn more about it because I didn't know a whole lot about it. So I stuck to it, and I pushed and pushed and pushed, and then. I landed at ECSC for us um, probably mm-hmm. about 10, 10 or 11 years ago. And I saw some guys carrying around these cameras, fucking lenses, man. You know, just they're shooting all the athletes, you know. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. what I, wa- I want to do right there. I want to shoot this stuff. I want to shoot sports. I want to shoot fun stuff. And I got that. I was like, how do you do that? Like, oh, they're just lucky they get in there. I don't know. They, they have a portfolio. And I was like, well, fuck, how do you do? I mean, how do you build a portfolio shooting stuff if you can't shoot it? You know? If you haven't shot it, yeah. So exactly. I just, I pushed and pushed and pushed. And I remember telling someone that worked for us, I said, I'm, I'm going to be doing that for us at some point in my career here. I will be doing that. And I just, you know, I pushed it hard. And then, you know, I mean, couple you was it two years ago or so um i guess it was you know you and i started talking talking more about it um mm-hmm. and then i'm you know obviously i'm doing some of that stuff now but um it's just yeah it's 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 how bad do you want it and how bad do you push for it and do you do you you know if it's what you want you have to wake up in the morning and go after it all the time no matter what you're doing you could have another job but you still have to push for it so yeah if you want to direct mm-hmm. a movie you got to surround your people with or surround yourself with the people that could get you there, you know? Um, I'm just, I'm a firm believer in surrounding yourself with the people that, you know, that'll take you to the places that you want to go. Um, you know? You yeah. Know. You don't want to hang out with people who are just haters, man, that hate to see people succeed, that just want to make excuses. And that's, that's toxic, man. It's garbage. Don't yeah. If it. you want to, if you want to be a photographer or videographer, I mean, get into that look at YouTube videos, get, you know, Follow people on Instagram, comment to them, talk to them, DM them. I mean, that's that's one thing I learned. You have to communicate with people, and you'll, you'll be surprised at how many people accept that. You know, I've had Definitely. people hit me up and ask me about stuff. I've had people ask me about filming stuff for them, filming them, you know, bodybuilders and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, okay, well, I guess I could do that. But, you know, I mean, so you get into that community and you start talking to the people that do it, and you find out how they have gotten jobs and you really start to realize that everybody starts kind of like how you do, you know, they start with nothing and they just got to, they build their career and they run after it. But you don't have to go, going back to what you said, you do not have to have a red camera to get noticed. You know, exactly. You could buy the EOSR. It would be nice. <laughs> Dude, man. It would be nice, but man, if you, if you are just like getting into the fundamentals, it, like it's good to have a goal and to go, all right, well, I'm going to buy this thousand dollar camera with a kit lens off of B and H. And I am going to learn this thing so well. I'm going to develop my own voice, my own style. And then I'm going to start getting paid for doing creative things. And then my talent is going to buy me that red camera. And I'm going to work toward that. Like everything is just lily pads. Like what's your first step? What's the next step? And all these people who are successful at one point were exactly where any of us are 
in terms of our own careers. Like they were nothing and then they were working on it and being shit on and trying to be humble and over time and with enough tenacity, you make it happen. I mean, there's no, there's no magic formula and not everybody is going to be successful. It's just pure statistics, but, but you gotta have fun and you gotta love it though. And that's the thing, right? So if I make a bunch of films in my backyard and I love them, uh, purely and truly, and I love sharing them with my family and friends, and I derive a sense of creative satisfaction from that. Like, are you going to shit on that just because, like, oh, bro, like that's so weak? You you just make home movies? Yeah, I have a lot of like, you know what I mean? This yeah, what do you do? Let me see what you I'm got. And that comes from the guy that has nothing yard. posted. You know, it's yeah, like exactly. You have one picture and it's of your face. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with that. Shit, that's how I learned a lot shooting in my backyard. You know, exactly. that's how I use it. That's how I learned to use a steady cam. Yeah, know? I mean, I ran around my backyard with it until I learned how to use it. Until I bought the Devin Graham one for a lot of money. Exactly. And realized what's that, the what what are you using now? Um, you know, honestly, I still love. That steady cam. I haven't used it in a long time, but that, I mean, honestly, that would probably be my go-to at all time because I can break that down, throw it in a suitcase, and I'm gone. And I can I can actually, I can balance that within 45 seconds. But I do. I am horrible at balancing every, any any gimbal, any steady cam. Yeah. I am garbage with that stuff, man. I have no patience. The, uh, the Devin Graham is, I mean, I just, dude, that. I've shot a lot of stuff on that, but then, then I'm, you know, I made the step up. I went and bought the uh, Ronin M and then maybe eight months later, I bought the Ronin S. So I have both of them. What do you like better? God, I don't know. Um, I guess if I had to choose one, it would probably be the Ronin M and I know it's bigger, but for some reason, the Ronin S it's good and it's compact and it, you know, and it works well most of the time. But for some reason, I don't know. Some reason it goes, it goes like all kinds of wonkers, or just it, it'll just like start spinning. And I don't know. Maybe it's something I'm doing wrong. I don't know. But like the Ronin M is. I don't think it's supposed to do that. Is well, it's not supposed to. But that's what I'm saying. I'm doing something right. I can I can balance it. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like you you like put it down or something. I don't know. It's like I turn it one way and it will just start flipping all around. Now the Ronin M. I love that thing. It's got some size to it, but it's yeah. money to me, man. I, it's just, I love that thing. Uh, I'd probably go with the Ronin M if I had to. It's rock solid. It's just money. We've, we've got, um, we, yeah, we invested in gimbals too. We've got two of the S's. We've got an M and then we have the Moby Pro. The Moby like, Pro, of course. I knew you were going to say it. Gnarly, like, back. The thing yep. is ridiculous. And it takes forever to put together. So at this point, it's like build it once and then just like put it up on the rack and until you need it again, because to break that thing down is a nightmare. Yeah. And it's, it's just so big. That's the one, that's the one where the back strap and the thing that comes. Oh yeah, dude. You yeah. got the backpack with like the Spider-Man Doc Ock. On yeah. Out of it. yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's good, but it's like so much shit involved in it. And I've seen those and they look phenomenal, but I'm like, why do I want that? I know it probably takes a lot of weight off of it. I guess it's like the, uh, it's kind of like that thing they use for the, uh, the glide cam, I guess. Same purpose. 
Doesn't it take the weight off of holding? It's it's better weight distribution. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you you throw the backpack on it, you're you're now holding it essentially with your core and yeah. not just holding your arms out. So that's been, especially dude, if we're flying a red on that thing. Yeah. Then I was going to yeah, ask you, you that if you if you what do you use the red for uh, if you do a lot of handheld or do you use that like on the Ronin M and stuff? Does it balance it's on handled. the Ronin M? It depends. Yeah, actually, we we have before. It's a little, uh, it's a little clunky, a little uh, ghetto fabulous, but yeah. it works. Um, it, it you know it really just depends, right? So we we got the Ronin S's to support like the black magic. So we we're like, all right, this is a running gun. We could throw this thing on a gimbal. We could go out to an event. We could run around and capture a lot of great stuff. Yeah. And then we we actually had the. We had the Ronin M. We got that at the same time that we invested in the C300 back in the day and then never used it. But now we are using it with, um, we've flown, flown a red on it. And then we've thrown the 1DX on that and gotten, you know, some follow shots, some video shots that we've needed. So we'll use whatever we got, man, like whatever we have on hand. And having all that equipment is important too because as my team grows, equipment is traveling and it's going out. So we don't know oh, yeah. exactly what's going to be available in the studio. So this goes back to like the, everything needs to be versatile. Everything needs to be flexible. Yeah. We have three different capacity gimbals because we don't know what's going to be here and what we may need to get the shot. Right. Like we're not married to any one platform so much that it's the only thing we shoot on. Like, no, we, we like to experiment. We like to explore and we need to be able to do that. And not have, because, oh, this equipment went out on this one shoot, well, right. great, now we can't get the shot we really want in the studio because we didn't have that piece of equipment that could accommodate this camera that was left behind or, you know, whatever. So my issue with the Ronin-M, the only issue I have is uh, packing it up to take it. What do you what do you guys pack that in? Oh, it's in a Pelican. It's Pelican? in a big Pelican yeah. case. Yeah. I mean, is there a certain Pelican case that, what would you recommend? Cause, like, I got to buy one for it. I don't have, I don't have, a, I've looked at Pelicans, but I don't know which one to buy. I mean. When we, when we bought it, it was a kit and it came with a Pelican. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. We got, we got lucky. So we, we got whatever like Ronin case came. See, that's what I thought I was getting. I was wrong though. Mine just showed up in a box. Oh, you, you got screwed. Bro. I did. <laughs> I think I did. You know what? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've looked at stuff and I go, I didn't get that. And I swear to God, I think I got screwed off of that. It's way too late now. But um, <clears throat> I don't even know if they make that anymore, do they? I don't think they make that box for that. I think you have to buy 299 bucks on B&H. Go professional cases, hard case for Ronin M, gimbal, and accessories. Yep. Really? Okay. Well, yep, it's there. I'll um, email you the link. <laughs> yeah, do that because, I mean, actually, that's not a bad price. That's pretty cheap. So, no, and it's like it's uh it's got all like the laser cut foam inside, and it's two layers, so you can pull out. That's the what top I need. Everything, yeah, everything fits in there, plus all your accessories. So everything, that, that's I, the yeah, move. everything I look at is like you you pluck you you know you had to pluck yep. it out, and I'm like I don't I don't have that's time. A pain for that. in the ass. Yeah, I, I would mess it up, and then I'd be mad. So no, this is this is amazing. Like we we were fortunate that we got to uh, we got to order some nice uh, Jason cases for the really nice like cine glass that we bought and the a uh, couple of the red brains. We've got a couple of Jason cases where everything's like that beautiful, you know, laser cut foam. And it's just, it's perfect. All the accessories you need, there's slots for them. It's super, super slick, man. It's a 
$500 case, but it's worth it. It's worth it though. Like, we I won't mean, need another one. Look, I, I, <clears throat> I have a case that I use for my Ronin M. It's a camera case. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one of my larger camera cases and I pack it in there and it works and it's, it's not that heavy, but it just, it's not practical, you know? So sure. I would love to be able to, cause I think in that case that you're talking about, can't you keep the majority of it together? You don't have to break it down. Do you? Um, I mean, it's, it's fairly minimally broken down. Right. Yeah. Well, mine, I had yeah, to break it down like, completely. Yeah. No, no, no. It's definitely not fully disassembled. Right. So yeah, send me that because I definitely would. I will. I will invest in that probably that's tomorrow deal. while I'm sitting here that's doing. <laughs> so that's uh, money well spent. The only the only bummer about having like beautiful cases for all your you know different and yes fairly expensive bits of gear, traveling becomes expensive and yeah. unwieldy. Well, I do get. I do have two free check bags, so that would be one of them. You know, dude, baller. And I normally, I normally, well, I, I fly a lot. I mean, shit, I'm gone all the time. You know, uh, I mean, I, these things that I film that people ask for, it's like, I just had a list right before this whole thing broke down. I had two lists, one from Craig and then one from, um, uh, from Gail up in the Northeast. I mean, both of them mm-hmm. were a mile long of things they wanted me to do. I was like, look, I can't be gone the entire year. You know, I have to stay home, but, <laughs> but it would, ha- I mean, it yeah. helped having that type of stuff to put my equipment in, it helps, you know, cause I'm not yeah. like, it, it, first of all, when you travel with the amount of gear that we travel with, you don't just throw it in a bag and then go, Hey, I'm going to check this and hope that it arrives. Yeah, no way. The, you know, so you have to have a no way, way to lock it. Um, cause like my camera bag, I've had people ask me, Hey, you want to check this? Like, no, uh, uh-uh. Yeah, I'm not checking. No way. You have a screwdriver in there. Uh, take the screwdriver, but I'm not, because um, I, I, <laughs> I travel with a screwdriver. I've never been stopped before, but they're like, you want to check it? No. Mm-mm. I mean, just in my bag alone probably has, you know, at any given time could have three or $4,000 in it, you know, if not more, really, because normally I carry most of my lenses, so, and two cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously. You got to protect that investment, man. Man, it's a lot of money. It's a ton of money. It is, but you, so you know, don't want anything to break, and you don't want it to get stolen. So you can't, you can't just put it in uh, in some flimsy duffel bag, bro. Well, I, <laughs> I know, and I, you know, but even the even the even the good camera bags are expensive. That's why I was saying if yeah, that thing's two ninety nine. That's cheap. I paid two hundred two twenty five, I think, for my camera bag. So yeah, dude. you know that's um, that's a pretty good price. So yes, yeah, definitely send that to yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. I want to uh, I want to invest in that along with everything else that I'm investing in right now. I need to get back to work so I stop spending money. You know, Seriously, my, my wife, <laughs> my wife will uh, the doorbell will ring and I'll be in the office. She goes, you know, hey, you got some at the door, and I'll go get a buy. It'll be a big box. She, what did you get now? I said, ah, it's nothing. And I'll come in here and you know I'll open it up and she'll say, when the hell did you buy that? I'm like, I just <laughs> I need it. I'm going to use it. Don't worry about it. I got it. You know. So, yeah. Um, but no, it's, um, it's definitely, yeah, I don't know. There's, you can go, um, you can spend a ton of money on equipment, but like I said, it goes back to what you said before. You just don't need, you don't have to starting out, but it's nice to be able to work your way up to that and know that, you know, at someday you have, uh, the cameras and the lenses that you need and you just pick it up off the shelf and go with it. That's a, it's a pretty good feeling. Exactly. 
But uh, anyway, well, man, it's been it's uh, it's already been over an hour. So time flies, bro. It does, but you know, hey, I could talk about this for I don't know days. You know, it's there's Thanks. so many rabbit holes you could go down. But um, look, if y'all have anything to film that I can work on, don't forget about me. You oh, know? you are not forgotten, believe you me. Know? So anything that I could work on, I would love to work on something, just something epic. You know, um, I know I don't get paid epic for is it, good. <laughs> but you know. I'll fly to California. I'll fly to California in no time. You just got to tell me. At least let me come out there and just see the the goods. Just touch the goodies. Just the good. <laughs> I mean, so how far? The how far is the warehouse from where we're going to? Are we even going to be there this year? That's the question. Are we going to have a? Are we going to be in LA this year? That's a great question. Probably. I don't know. I keep getting asked that from from other employees, but. I hope we are, but anyway. Um, well, hey, it was a good talk. Um, I definitely appreciate you coming on. And um, I'm flattered, man. I'm honored that you asked. Oh, man. I mean, hey, I mean, you're the man. I was going to give you a huge introduction, but I couldn't come up with all the, you know, all the names I could be calling you on the good side. You know, I mean, you were just, you're like the man and for the company. So, um, no, I definitely appreciate it. And I'm, Honored to have you on here to talk about tech talk. So uh, maybe that'll be once in a month thing. Maybe it'll be tech talk once a month. You know, dude, I'm I'm down to uh, continue this wild journey with you. Yeah, hey, you never know. We may get some listeners, but um, so, but no, appreciate it. Appreciate you taking some time. Um, I know it's it's getting a little bit later there. Uh, it's getting late, so here for sure. But um, time to crack my first beer. Oh man, I've been sipping on uh, a little bit of Tito's and some uh, sparkling water, blackberry sparkling water. It's actually pretty good. I don't know if you ever. That sounds really good. My my go to, I, I got turned on to bourbon uh, a couple of years ago, yeah. like in just different whiskeys. And my go to, like it's it's so cheesy. Those little like dollar sparkling ice that you get at the grocery store. Yeah, they make a ginger lime, and I'll do. Uh, I'll do bourbon with a splash of that ginger lime in there. Super good. It sounds good. I um, don't drink a lot anymore, but I uh, the just the Tito's man. I can't get off of it, you know. And then I really just discovered sparkling water or sparkling. I guess it's sparkling, uh, the Perrier and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just really discovered it about a month ago. I mean, I've had a little bit of it, but I mean, I like drank one the other night and I was hooked. So I started buying cases of it, and now slippery slope, man. Now I'm into that. Yeah, home with a lot of time on your hands, and now you're getting cases of sparkling water. I know that's what's crazy, and even the like uh, bubbly. It's called bubbly, I think it is. I mean, they have a bunch of different flavors in there, and we bought some the other day, and I'm just like, this is going to go good with that Tito's. And the the problem is, is my brother sells Tito's. So, oh no, yeah. you're done for. So if I need it, it's just a phone call away. So oh, that's, that's where so I got perfect. this this big bottle from. But <sighs> golden. Anyway, um, again, thanks, man. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, it's been it's it's good talking to you and catching up. And hopefully, uh, we'll get to catch up in person uh, a few months down the road. So, um, hell yeah. But yeah, thanks and say hello to the. Uh, to the bride for us and um i don't know we'll talk soon man 
I'd love that. All right, brother. Take it easy. All right. All right. See you. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, Paul Amundsen. Man, that was a good talk. Uh, We could go on about that stuff for for days. Um, And I think we'll probably make that maybe a once a month call, uh, maybe a tech talk. Um, Once a month. That was some interesting stuff. Paul has a lot of good insight. He uh, deals with a a lot of equipment, a lot of uh, super nice equipment. Definitely would love to get my hands on it. Uh, But just, you know, remember that, uh, you know, if you're starting out and you're, you're wanting to get into photography or videography, you don't have to go big at first. You don't have to go buy you a $6,500 camera or a $3,500 camera. You know, you can go, um, you can go smaller. You can get cameras for 800 bucks, thousand bucks. Even if that's too much, you could still pick them up for about $500 and, and you can get it, you know, even for about $800 or so you can get, um, a, a camera with a kit lens, you know, no, is it going to, you know, rival something like, a you know, 5D Mark IV, and I'm talking Canon, I, I use Canon, but if, you know, is it going to rival the, the top Canon cameras or the top Sony cameras with the best glass? No, absolutely not. It's not going to. But the purpose um, when you start out is to is to try to hone in on your craft and, and really, you know, figure out what you want to do. You know, is it photography? Is it videography? Is it both? You know, but you have to... Uh, you have to get good at it, and it takes a lot of practice. You're not going to go out and gra- get, uh, grab a camera and all of a sudden start taking, you know, magazine shots. <clears throat> There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn about editing, a lot to learn about uh, how to use your camera, you know, different things, which is actually, you know, probably be a topic for another day. Our settings in the camera, how do you use them? How does it affect your, you know, outcome of your photo or video? Um you know, best ways to shoot doing certain things. That's probably a topic that we'll cover, but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was, it's good talking to, to him and, and catching up with, especially with this whole, um, whole thing that's going on right now. I don't want to mention, I'm just, I'm trying to get away from it. So it was really nice to, to talk about cameras and lenses and, uh, all the gear and stuff like that. Like I said, I could go for days and he's a good guy to talk to about that. He knows a lot, and he deals with a lot of those uh, high-end cameras, even the even the even a little lower-end cameras like I use. But um, no, it's uh, all jokes aside, man. It, it's it's really good to uh, to talk to somebody like that and just you know just be able to BS for a while. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there, and like I said, if you're looking to get into it, just uh, take your time. Don't spend a ton of money at first. Uh, learn your way around the cameras and then uh, and then try to make some money, man. Use it as a side hustle. I spoke about that in one of my podcasts. Um, create a side hustle, make some money, make some extra cash, put it aside, and then start purchasing, you know, the equipment that you uh, want. You know, make those goals, man, and uh, hit them. I know I have some goals and uh, working towards them right now, but and it, just remember it takes a while. So just don't get disappointed you know, when you can't get out there and, and get that first high paying gig, it takes a while. So uh, just keep pushing. Um, it's fun to learn about this stuff. So um, anyway, it was a good talk. Um, again, Paul, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. 
let's do this again. Let's maybe make this once a month. And I, I appreciate it a lot. So anyway, with that being said, uh, everybody have a good night or day wherever you are. And again, I am Jason Manchester. Go follow me on Instagram at Jason Manchester or at Manchester's podcast. Peace.